podcast. Welcome to the Queer Arabs podcast. This is Alia. And Ellie. And we are the Queer Arabs. I'm Saudi American and a lesbian. I'm bi-trans Lebanese. And we're recording, what, three weeks after World Pride now? Something like that, yeah. Sorry, I woke up about five minutes ago. Um, but yeah, I think three weeks, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, um, so we're... This is going to be kind of a quick episode. Um, I'm, I personally am in the middle of a move cross country. I'm getting ready for a move in a few days. And um, so there's a lot happening right now, but we wanted to at least put out a short episode, kind of uh, catch up with each other, talk about um, our yeah, the time we had at Pride, whatever else comes to mind. Um, Ellie, how are you feeling about Pride uh, this, you know, after to, a few weeks? I'm, I want to drop this in first. This sure. is a happy move, not a sad move. It's just rough right now. Right. Yeah, it's for work. It's just moving is hard. Moving is hard. So, I didn't mean to make it sound like a depressing move or anything like that. I love you. Anyway, um, so World Pride was amazing. Like, you, did I bitch on air about um, how much Houston Pride sucked? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, World Pride blew, it, blew that and me out of the water, and it was so exciting and wonderful. And uh-huh. so Houston Pride, super corporate, super police-infested, super political politicians who are actually elected in office and who are not the greatest allies at times. World Pride, oh boy, Dyke March, Trans Day of Action, Liberation March, and then the official march, which wasn't awful. And all of this in a very welcoming and very awesome New York City, where we met up with uh, Tarab. Mm-hmm. Tarab NYC. Yep. And follow uh, them on Instagram. And Lebanese Mafia and. We met so many cool people. Do we want to shout? We want to drop some names. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked to we. Well, we hung out with Nadia, and we hung out with several. Yeah, just amazing friends. Like you'll hear on the last episode, Leslie, Nadia. We have Whitney. Um, we didn't get to see Whitney that much during World Pride itself, but I got to hang out with her earlier that month. Um, yeah, we hung out with Hilal from uh, Tarab NYC. We hung out with Emigration for an episode you might have heard. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and several other people. Ahmed was there. That was really fun to have all three of us together. And a uh, special shout out to Aldo. Just saying hey. Anyway, um, so what I loved about this is I... It really felt like New York itself had not forgotten how radical pride was. And I don't mean it in the 80s sense. I mean this in the 60s and 70s sense of the word radical, mm-hmm. the political sense. But, and it was just like, so my favorite march, what was your favorite march, darling? Um, I don't know if I have a favorite. I, I can't pick one. Sorry um, about that. I'm going to go with the Dyke March. That was basically magical for me. So, story time. Um, Younger me basically grew up hearing stories of the Michigan's Women's Festival, both, you know, in a very elated sense and a very depressed sense as a young trans person. Because for those who don't know, Michigan Women's Festival is an awesome women-only space. 
However, they are trans. They were trans ex- exclusive, mm-hmm. so they're trans girls allowed. So, but I always heard these awesome stories about how all these women were, you know, felt this was like a safe collective space where women could be women, discuss stuff, and just hang out, and it wasn't weird or anything. And I really got this and. The Dyke March was basically the super inclusive version of this. They basically went out of their way to say, if you have any hateful signs or anything like that, TERFs, uh, then no. We did see some TERFs. It was kind of funny, but it was also kind of sad. But they weren't like... They wouldn't even come out and say they were TERFs, which was... Basically, we had somebody have somebody point out, oh, oh, hey, it's the TERFs. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, TERFs are trans-exclusionary radical feminists, which are neither radical nor feminist they're just they're just people who hate trans people you know yeah that is pretty much the only thing that really defines them yeah like for example the the whole thing with michigan women's fest i mean people had been with you know this has been around for decades and it's like okay you really need to catch up with the what's correct or, or you sorry you need to like Charlie, I'm really tired. They didn't do this. In short, they need to move with the times. They did not, and they basically took their ball and went home. Yeah. And which was, which yeah. was both, which was very bittersweet. Yeah. Um, like the founder, the founder went into Michigan Women's Fest with one vision, and it's like, okay, that vision needs to evolve. You can still have your fest. You just need to kind of reshape your mentality about what is a woman and who counts as a woman and don't be a fucking exclusive dick. We might be a little biased on this one. Just saying. Also, turf should die. Just saying. <laughs> oh, sorry. We can, we can edit that. Anyway, um... So Dyke March uh, was such a positive, fun space. Like everyone was just having a blast. Everyone was feeling comfortable. I saw like quite a few women who were just totally cool with taking their tops off, you know, and just marching. And it was amazing. And it was infectious because like at the end of the march at Washington, Washington Park, was it? I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Basically, everyone went through the arch and we sort of, everyone just sort of plopped down on the lawn and basically just chilled out. And I felt, and I was like, Seeing everyone so chill and relaxed, and everyone was taking, like, not everyone, but there was, like, I'd say, like, one in ten was taking their shirts off, and it was a really nice day, and I had not been topless in any sort of outdoor space in, like, years, like, at least ten years, so I was like, fuck it, let's do it, and it felt amazing. I am still, like, a little crazy about this. Mm -hmm. Um, There was also the Trans Day of Action, which was... (sighs) <sighs> beautiful i mean i don't even i can't even it's just like you know all these politically aware politically active folks in one space you know making noise educating talking socializing having a snack and then you know doing the march a march well it was just the energy is infectious and i'm still feeling it now mm-hmm. i'm definitely getting like it's sort of like what happened to me at Yellow Punk, where I was like, oh my god, this is the well I need to drink from. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, there was also the 
Liberation March, which was the much cooler, much more awesome version of the New York official parade. Yeah, that was amazing. I, I really, I mean, all of, every march you just mentioned was incredible. I loved the Queer Liberation March. It was, yeah, you just felt, um, you know what? I think that's where we saw the turfs. Yeah. Queer Liberation March, not the Dark March. Not that it matters. <laughs> turfs suck no matter where, but I'm just remembering now. Um, and yeah, it was just a really great, just great crowd. People who were at Pride for the right reasons, trying to remember what was Pride, you know, what Pride was actually about. No corporations were invited to march. No law enforcement was invited to march. So it was just really refreshing. My favorite part of this is we basically walked around four days with either one or both of us wearing shirts that said, be gay, do crimes. Mm-hmm. And we got so many wonderfully dirty looks from New York Police Department. I have not felt this leered at since I was going to clubs. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then the um, Pride March, the Heritage Pride, that was special in its own way um, because we were with Tadab NYC. And yeah, just the presence of Tadab NYC in in that march that was so visible was very powerful because people were seeing taught up existing in that space and it was so we were very loud and it was awesome yeah and i don't regret being part of both the marches on that day the queer liberation march and that march i don't regret it i think in the future i'm okay skipping the main corporate march um but for this particular event i think we made the right decision at least I felt that. I felt too. I mean, mm-hmm. like, God knows I'm going to do my performative wokeness and complain about how corporate pride march has no place for corporations or cops, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's let's just, like, cut that 20-minute cut that rant out. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Like um, pre, pre-cut. Cut. Uh, a rant that's not gonna happen. We didn't actually cut this section. It's unedited. <laughs> what? Why? Okay. Anyway. Sorry. Meta humor. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, that, um, so anything else exciting coming up? Uh. Well. Um. If you want to take it to the personal front, I'm getting surgery. I'm so hyped. I'm. Getting my second letter in about six in six weeks. I just have to complete the assessment run, and hopefully December I'm going to be losing an extra pound of weight. Um, I'm gonna eat that meat. I'm gonna have a go lot. Go for of- it. Go, just go, <laughs> go, do it. A lot of lot of off the meat. Oh my god. <laughs> And what else have you come up with? Um, the world's most temporary and realistic dildo. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know it doesn't really work that way, but, um, yeah, don't, yeah, don't perpetuate this, this uh, misconception of how surgery works. Although it's funny. Your jokes are really... I love how happy they make you. I love how they make you smile on top of that. So, um, 
Um, so I'm going, I'm, I'm not editing any of this out. I've decided. Okay. Like even my yawn earlier, I'm not doing any of that. I just don't have time. That's fair. Just do what you need to do. Oh my God. So, so the best part about this surgery is I get to see one less unwanted dick a day. Yay! Also, no more tucking. For those of you who tuck, yeah. It's, it's, Does it hurt? Uh, it can, especially if things shift and you sit and you didn't notice they shifted. And now you're sitting on, especially if you sat hard. Ooh. Yeah, it's basically kicking yourself in the crotch. Yeah. And that's not something I want to be popular for. Yeah. Uh, yeah, how are you feeling? Like, I know you're excited. Uh, I'm excited, um, obviously. Uh, I'm also, like, as happy as I am, and I have a little trouble sort of containing myself and how happy this makes me, but I'm also, like, I feel everyone's concern. Like, everyone has told me they hope nothing goes wrong, they hope it turns out well, and I can definitely feel... I can feel people's concern. People really care about me, and I'm like, don't fucking worry, this is going to be awesome. But I also, I also, I get it, you know, I get that shit can go wrong. So, but I also, I've also taken every precaution. I'm, I'm young, I've lost, I am like within the healthy weight range. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have any health complications. I'm, you know, I don't have any chronic issues. I've taken care of myself. So I'm hopefully as an ideal candidate as I could get, you know, short of being like 10 years younger, but that's about it. <sighs> Yay. So. Yeah. Um, I'm, one reason we're not moving together, because um, health insurance reasons. Yeah. Anyway. Another reason for single pay, single payer for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I know you've been wanting this for how many years? Twenty years? Uh, Longer. Let's... Let me see. So twenty years would put me at that. Let's carry the one. Yeah, twenty six years. Wow. So you've had a lot of time to prepare emotionally, but you're probably still nervous. I've actually never had major surgery before. Oh, okay. So that'll be a first. Yeah. I mean, like the major surgery I've ever had is like having my wisdom teeth pulled. Uh-huh. So. Same here. Yeah. But I'm super excited. I'm also going to wear yoga pants like fucking every day now. Yay, you can get some cute yoga pants. Cute yoga pants, like really short shorts. I mean, I already wear those, but, you know, dentites and, oh my god, I'm going to be so awful. And, and I'll finally, like, one piece at the beach without having to worry about anything. Or two, or even two piece. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's going to be so cool. <laughs> Welcome to the vagina world. <laughs> yep. And... You don't have to have your period. I would take it. 
<laughs> I would so take it, and I would take it. No, but I'm just glad you don't. You're not gonna have it. There's a lot to unpack. I'm here. not saying like, oh, life is harder with your period than what you've had to go through. I'm just saying I'm glad you don't. You won't have that. I'm happy it's getting done. I'm yeah. happy insurance is paying for most of it. I'm happy that you will, you will be visiting me. I'm happy that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy that it's not going to stop me from like hitting up next year's pride, like because of surgery timing, it's like between prides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, well, we're traveling. Other than that, yeah. internationally. Yeah. But um, after, like, several months after. Yeah. And when I'll be nice and healed and ready to hit the beach. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my God. It's going to be... Well, bas- the recommended recovery time is basically going to be a month. But some people go back to work after two weeks because America is a corporate, you know, hellscape. Um, other than that, uh, supposedly... Good surgeons, which I'm going to one, you know, will preserve sexual function and feeling. It might take a few months to get up to speed and whatnot. For most people, I hear it's two weeks bed rest with lots of diapers before, you know, because post-surgical and bleeding. But after that, uh, according to the manual, I um, can start having sex at, what was it, six weeks? Although I'm told if you, unless you really like pain, you might want to wait a little longer than that. If you're into that. If you're into that, you know, more power to you. Not going to kink shame. Pain. Sometimes pain is some some people's gain. Well played. I don't know. Even half asleep, your pun game is on point. Ugh, whatever. Sorry. I'm feeling really self-conscious right now. I'm sorry. Because I'm not very, I'm not at all articulate right now. I'm doing my best. You are doing amazing. I at first thought like we would have to skip a week, but I'm glad we're not. But this isn't much better on my part. But hey, we're trying. I'm trying. Everyone has an off day, and I'm sure. I'm. Thank you for carrying most of this episode. Some people have asked me if we're going to Austin Pride. The answer is no. We just don't, we don't have that kind of time because of the move. We don't have that energy. Sorry, folks. Without being revealing, there is someone who will be there who I have a history with. Don't read into that. I've just had a history with several years. We despise each other. I think it's for the best I don't run into this person. Yeah, you're not frenemies. You're just enemies. Yes. We all need a solid enemy here and there. I guess. I mean, if you like leaving them alive. Damn. Really? Something else I really wanted to talk to talk about during this episode is something I will need to come back to later because I am not able to give it the proper uh, energy and time that it deserves. But I would like to bring it up shortly. Or, I mean, briefly. We, uh... Okay, so we were interviewed for an article that published in Haaretz, the um, Israeli news mm-hmm. source, and the person spoke to us for at least an hour and a half, right? The person yeah. who interviewed us. Very thorough, very thoughtful, thoughtful questions. 
And anyway, so predictably after the fact, uh, we got some comments from people saying that we had participated in a Zionist uh, newspaper, how how could we support Zionists, etc. And um, so I wanted to give our explanation of why we chose to do this. First off, Haditz is known uh, for being very left-leaning, very liberal, often publishing pro-Palestinian articles, things like that, that very, they're very vocal against the Israeli government. And because of that, I have grown to respect this uh, publication. I also understand people's, why are you in this space? Why are you voluntarily? Why are we providing them free providing con- them content? content? Um, I, I wanted to say that in my opinion, it's in, it's super important that we insert ourselves in spaces like this once in a while, get queer Arab voices out there. Several other people, wonderful activists, uh, participated in the article, and I was really happy to see that. We didn't even know ahead of time like what the article would look like, what the context was, but I personally was very happy to see so many activists um, highlighted, queer Swana activists, and the interviewer was very conscientious about um, what questions to ask, and to me it felt like the right thing to do rather than not get our voice out there in that space. Um, However, I hear you all. I will speak more to this when I'm able to. I know I'm not giving it the attention it deserves right now. Basically, Haaretz isn't a pro-Zionist government publication. So that was our main concern. We did check this beforehand. We were like, wait, should we even be talking to these folks? And so we did our research, you know, both on the paper and the reporter, mm-hmm. both checked out, and we've. I've always like I personally. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna speak from the I position on this one. Uh-huh. Um, I always. I've always been of the opinion that you have to, if some if somebody's going to write about you and or your or your folks or your or something you care about, um, you know they're gonna write about it, and if you feel like that individual person or publication can be trusted to, um, to tell a story, you should be a source on it. You should put yourself out there because if you don't represent yourself, it's just going to be someone else and could be somebody worse, could be, you know, secondhand, could be, you know, just observations instead of like firsthand accounts. We have to tell our own stories. We have to, you know, say our own opinions rather than have them recorded for us and recorded and interpreted for us. I'd rather speak than have people quoting our episodes or something. Haditz didn't always, wasn't always left-leaning, not always uh, anti-Israeli government. Um, and I will get, I can get more into the history of that later. Um, I've or done. Can, or you can just read the Wikipedia article, folks. Well, no, I mean, once we, I would, I would like to, follow up on this. That's what I'm saying. I want to get more into the specifics of what people brought up about what they felt was problematic about us being in this in this article. But I at least wanted to touch on this um, in a broader sense to let people know that we are like, I'm not forgetting. I'm not forgetting that this is a thing that we need to address. In recent years, I have come to respect how Haaretz is internally resistant. I th- I just think there's something to be said about 
using where you physically are to do what you can to resist shitty presence. Um, anyway, that's those are my thoughts on that. Well said. Uh, thanks. I don't think that was at all well said. Anyhow. Uh, I have a fever, too. This isn't helping. I have a uh, fever. I am, like, having... I'm, like, sweaty. I'm stressed. I'm tired. You're still beautiful. And, folks, I think this is where we're going to cut out on this one. Thank okay. you for listening. <laughs> Thank you. You can contact us at thequeerarabs at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at thequeerarabs. Our website is thequeerarabs.com. Um, you can write to Ahmed at thequeerarabsinarabic at gmail.com if you would like to talk to him about Arabic episodes. Um, and anything else that we want to add? Um, Next time you hear from us, um, we, will, we will be living in different cities. We do have a great episode coming up, uh, hopefully next Friday. Um, that Nadia and I recorded a while ago. So that's coming up. And then after that, um, some other fun stuff. Thank you all very much for listening. And I am sorry for how I am right now. She's perfect, folks. I'm not. Thank you.